0: luxury quality within reach go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com slash style
1: when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
2: Hello, I'm Sophia Lisbexter, and welcome to Spinning Plates, the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Hey, so I'm speaking to you while I'm also trying to frantically do an Esther. I'm flying to Mexico tomorrow and I've only just found out that we need an Esther for going to buy America. So me and the rest of the band are trying to do it and I'm on one of those websites and I've just tried to upload my passport photo and it's doing that processing thing with a little circle going round and round and I've just got one of those feelings in my tummy that maybe I'm not going to Mexico. Anyway, never mind, we can uh, think about other things like this week's podcast and everything else that's going on. I've got a slightly manic energy to me, I feel. I'm going to try not to transmit that to you because that's not what you need in life. I have had a very busy week. I'm not complaining. This is not a complaint. I am not moaning. It's just an acknowledgement that with my album coming out, uh, various gigs I've been doing, recording a couple of new podcasts... Um, my eldest boy finishing school, my youngest finishing nursery, my middle one finishing sats, my other one needing his braces to be fixed. You know, I'm kind of like brained a little bit at capacity. Um, but it's all cool, man. It's all cool. I'm sat here, got the little wheel going around on the website. Life is flipping chill. And actually, I'm doing a really nice thing tonight. Um, so I'm sitting here kind of half ready to go out, half not, because tonight I'm going to see the new play that Dan from my husband, Richard's band, The Feeling, has written the music for. It's um, Back Mountain. It's obviously based on the film that I think came out about 20 years ago now, um, about the two cowboys and their love affair and all the complexity of it. And at first I thought it was a musical and I thought the cowboys were going to sing to each other And in retrospect, I think it's quite smart the way they're doing it, that it's a play that has um, a band on stage and they sort of provide the narration of what's going on. So I think that's going to be really lovely, actually, and very moving. So that's tonight. And then, yeah, tomorrow at the airport, hopefully, if this all works out. But never mind about that. I had a really lovely week because I've interviewed Heidi this week, Heidi Range. So I first met Heidi, actually, probably around the time that Breakback came out in uh, the early noughties when she became part of the Sugar Babes. And fun fact, she took over in the Sugar Babes, the, all, you know, the trio girl band, as you know, uh, from Siobhan Donaghy, who's one of my previous Spinning Plate guests. So, you know, there's a nice bit of serendipity going on with that. And Heidi has always been such a lovely, very smiley, warm person. I think you're going to hear her smile coming down the microphone because she's, she's got that real um, warmth about her. She has two little girls who are one and five. Uh, So her eldest is um, at school now. And she was talking actually about the fact that she hasn't really done much in the terms of work. Obviously, she's been very busy raising her babies, but she's sort of ready to kind of get back into herself now. But actually, when we talked more, her work ethic and where she's come from is pure graft. You know, starting when she was barely into double figures in a local dance troupe in Liverpool and performing and singing in local pubs and clubs, um, all the way through being part of Atomic Kitten, scouted for a band called Scooch, who actually represented the UK at Eurovision, um, doing a solo project and then ending up with The Sugar Babes. So there's been many, many phases and chapters to Heidi's career. And I'm really excited to see what she's going to do next. Anyway, it was glorious to meet with her. I don't get what's going on this website. The little spinny wheel is still there. Wish me luck, people. Anyway, let's listen to lovely Heidi, and I'll see you on the other side. Oh, it's so nice to see you, Heidi. How are you? I'm good,
0: thank you. Thank <laughs> you for having me.
2: It's another one of um. Time, times when I have people around to chat to them, I feel like we should start recording from when you arrive, because we've already been chatting quite a while and covered a lot of stuff (laughs) it's just really nice to see I feel I don't know when I last saw you actually but we bump into each other every so often don't we
0: I know when we last saw each other you do it it was in Chiswick Park in lockdown when you was allowed to exercise outdoors yes
2: (laughs) god you've got good memory yeah and also what a crazy time
0: yeah I I well yeah we were it was like when you were allowed in groups of six outdoors Mm -hmm. or something yeah and I think we were buying sausage rolls or <laughs> sandwiches from the uh, the kiosk in the park. Which in those days, big day out. Yeah,
2: quite frankly, of day out. <laughs> um, and just to cut to present day, am I right that you've just been on the jury panel for Eurovision? Yes, that is so flipping cool. How? Tell me about that experience.
0: Um, do you know what it? It was um, it was quite bizarre because I, I, I was asked to do it, which was a huge honour. Um, you wasn't allowed to tell anyone really yeah and you wasn't allowed to you know comment on the Eurovision in the in the build-up and Liverpool hosted it yeah so loads of people were asking me oh are you coming home for the the Eurovision and and in interviews I was getting asked about it and I had to just be a little bit like not interested um and I I, I, what was disappointing about it I thought we'd get to go to the arena and watch it uh, which we didn't the jury has to go like we were in a Green Room at the BBC in Manchester.
2: Hang <laughs> on a minute. Hang on a minute. So the jury performance that they do on the Friday night before the live final yeah. on Saturday, you weren't in the arena. No.
0: So we because oh, you've got to be so
2: impartial. You've, you've got, got to watch be it.
0: impartial. So we we ha- we watched facts. one of the semi-finals. Yes. On the when uh, one of the semi-final rehearsals on the Wednesday, and we uh, had to judge that. Mm-hmm. But then though that was only as a backup. um back-up marks if something went wrong with the audience. So that didn't count. But then on the Friday, uh, we went and watched the dress dress rehearsal of the final. And uh, and then, yeah, you have to, you know, rate them, which is really difficult when you're judging 25 acts. It's a lot.
2: Yeah, that is a lot. Um,
0: I mean, you obviously have your top ones and, and your bottom ones, but the, mid- yeah. the middle is quite yes. tricky. Um, oh. But they did decorate the room for us with some bunting and... Uh, They got an Indian takeaway for us. Perfect. um, And it was a really nice panel, so... Am
2: I right in thinking as well that you're not allowed to talk to each other while while you're watching?
0: You're allowed to comment on the performances but nothing that would influence right anybody else what about a bit of dancing to your
2: favorites <laughs>
0: so we i think we were all terrified we were terrified to look at each other say right. anything yeah um, and they actually said yeah you was like it was like a really silent jury room yeah <laughs> but we were terrified of doing the wrong thing because um you know it's quite strict
2: well it's a shame you didn't get to see liverpool i, because- I mean i
0: thought the arena was amazing and so how they good. hosted it. it, was incredible. The
2: whole, I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh,
0: so you was there?
2: Yeah, I didn't watch the live final though. I got back home and watched it here, but yeah. I soaked up as much of the atmosphere as I could and I was walking around Liverpool all day on the Saturday, I had a few hours to myself. I was pottering around. It was eighteen degrees, blue sky, sunshine, and the whole Liverpool was in the best mood. Yeah, everybody was so friendly.
0: Because you you hosted a disco in uh, Peter Jones, didn't you? John Lewis. John Lewis Lewis, Sorry, asked. I said Peter Jones because the one by me is called that. <laughs> Don't um, worry. Yeah, was how was that? Yeah,
2: so I did that on the Thursday. It was actually adorable. Loads of people came. It was a really good atmosphere. We had a DJ. We had a glitter station. Amazing. We just went for it. Then the next night I sang in the Eurovision Village just outside, oh, fab. which was awesome. And then. And I had a little job to do on the Saturday and then I got home in the car and got all the way back here just in time yeah. and you're not, you don't have to I know you have to retain probably a bit of impartiality but just wondering if you agree with me that Cha 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 Cha, cha is one of the best <laughs> pop records of this year <laughs> flipping love of the finish entry <laughs> I keep playing it to the kids and they're not quite receiving my enthusiasm but they will because I plan on playing it it's a good one before Does, school get you up, up in the morning <laughs> there's a few songs
0: that I cannot get out of my head mm. from me
2: yeah, um, Edgar Allan, Edgar Allan Poe, Poe. But that was catchy <laughs> as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I. Do you know the one I can't get out of my head. Yeah. It's Carpe Diem. They won. Which was that one? Um, oh, the ones. <laughs> that- it's just it's that little back and vocal just keeps going on in my head. But they so were like, they were like quite quite cheesy and playing up to the camera. Like, yeah. I, I loved it. Me
2: too. I think it was really joyful and I'm very excited you got to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I did get asked one time years ago to, well, I say years, it must have been like 2020. 20. 20 no 19, 2019 to do the judging thing but I had a baby that year and I wasn't allowed to bring him to feed him during the time that I'd be judging and even though I tried to convince them that he would be impartial they were like no you can't (laughs) have anyone else with you so that counted me out but I think it's a brilliant thing you did that that's very cool and it's great you got to do it when it was in the UK I think it's wonderful.
0: I really enjoyed it.
2: Really cool and what else have you got going on at the moment what are you working on at the moment?
0: I've not been working on much I mean since I had my Two girls. I've been in this little mummy bubble at home. Um, which I've loved. You know, I've I lived out of a suitcase for so many years when I had my girls. I just wanted to be at home with them. But my eldest has just started school. and my little one's doing two mornings a week at nursery now. And I've got a nice group of people around me who I trust with the girls, and the girls are comfortable with. So I'm emerging out of the bubble and wanting to get back out there and do some things for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm 40 next week and I just feel like now's time to get a little bit of time back for myself as well.
2: Very much relate to all of that. I think it's when you've got a little... Because your youngest is one, so it'd be two in August and then your other little girl is five, you said. Yeah. So that time, that's such an intense period of time when they're that little. And I don't know how, about you, but when I had my first it felt very much like I'd had my sort of life before and then there was this new chapter and I didn't um, do any music really apart from a bit of writing between the time I had my when he was born through till probably he was about four actually it's quite, yeah. it took me quite a long time to kind of find myself again really.
0: Yeah I, I can completely relate to that I mean it was it was a, a conscious decision I did want to take time away and and I don't regret it at all. Like when Aurelia went off to school last year, it had gone so fast. Mm. It makes me emotional thinking about it. But it was like, I thought, A, I was incredibly lucky that I was able to stay at home with her. Mm. But I just thought it's flown by so quickly. And I don't regret a single minute of just hanging out with my little mate every day. Because now I don't get the choice, you know, Um So yeah, sorry, it makes me, I get emotional about my girls all the time. But um, so yeah, and the little one's still tiny. Mm. Um, So I still want to be predominantly at home and around for her too. But I just feel like I'd like to get a bit of me back as well. And my husband has always encouraged me to go and Do things for myself, Mm. and I've I've struggled with that since having the girls. That he'll always say, "Go away with the girls for the weekend," or you know, do this. And I'm like, "Are you just saying that?" So I say to you, "Yeah, go to Ibiza (laughs) with the lads." (laughs) Is this a trick? (laughs) Yeah, because I just I've I've never really wanted to leave them. Mm. But this year, one of my friends had a a big birthday, and I went to the Cotswolds for two nights. And I did come back like a new person. And even last week when I went to Manchester for three nights for uh, the Eurovision, I almost levitated back through the door <laughs> after being away and having a few days to myself, able to just reply to messages, yeah, have a lay-in, have a hot coffee, do something that was about me, not, you know, just being their mum. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm just getting to... A new stage where I'm ready to to remember who I was a little bit more
2: oh I think that's so brilliantly summed up actually and I I think you've when you said about the lion and the coffee and replying to messages I think you've kind of summed up the sort of for me the like loophole that my work gives me really because obviously there's a bit where I do what I do but actually it's all the sort of um peripheral stuff that gives me that headspace and without that I've sort of struggled quite a bit with, um, I feel like I'm a good mum, actually. I think I kind of need a bit of that time when I've sort of had time to think about other things to make me engage again here. But it did take me years, actually, to really feel like I could start to feel what that looked like to me. I mean, I was looking at your career. I was thinking, you know, it's not entirely dissimilar to mine in some of the, the timeline of it. But you were doing music from really young and lots of different incarnations of it and always in the pop thing and it's very heady and you're saying about living out of a suitcase and when you sort of reflect back on that, does it feel like a previous life or does it feel like it's still something you see as
0: your future as well? It absolutely feels like a different life and it's not (laughs) something I ever really think about, you know. Um, I was at a children's party on Saturday and one of the school dads came over to me and he went, I'm so sorry. He went, I didn't know you was in The Sugar Babes. And I was like, what What are you apologising for? <laughs> and he was like, but I didn't know. And I was like, it's okay. Like, it's not something I <laughs> I think about myself really. Because it was so long ago, in a way. Um, but it does feel like a different life. But when I am reminded of it and think about it, I, you know, it brings back happy memories and I'm proud of it. And I, And I actually you know, can now go, God, wasn't that amazing, you know? Yeah,
2: and so much success. And that must have been a very heady experience, that whole thing. Like, really just a real roller coaster of just so many hit records and working really hard. And there's probably bits of it that are really glorious. Think of other bits you think, quite nice. I don't need to do some of that now.
0: Do you know what? Like, there was obviously ups and downs throughout that journey, but I don't really... When I re- when I think back on my time with the group, I don't really think about those times. I just look back on it with fondness, really, and all the amazing things we did do. And I think also, you know, we were young girls, and we're we're women now. So mm. you you kind of you have a little bit more compassion for yourself and the others, and you go, "Gosh, like look look what you was dealing with yeah. at that age." Um, yeah, so I, I look back on it with with fond memories, really, rather than the negative stuff. Yeah, and
2: I think it's a lovely thing to say about looking back with compassion about things when you realise you were dealing with a lot. Because actually, I think as we, I mean, I'm a bit older than you. I'm 44, but I think as you, when you look back on all the things you did, as you say, so young. And same with me. And sometimes it can be a bit like, oh yeah, now I realise I was only like 21 or 22 or whatever those you know those little age, even younger maybe. Dealing, how So what? what's the kernel of it? What were you doing when you were younger that made you want to go into music? Because it seems like that was always something you were destined to to do.
0: Um, I mean, Liverpool is such a musical city. Mm. Most of the, the children I was friends with, you know, we all went to dance school, we all went to sing and we all went to drama. That's what I did every single night after school and it's what I did every weekend. I mean... I was in a children's road show, and we used to play the um, the social clubs and the pubs every weekend. We we did a cabaret wow. show, so we'd be doing Coca Cabana in in <laughs> like this random corner pub, you know. But but I loved it. I lived for it, you know. Uh, I'm just trying be, to picture that. By the way, I'd be doing all <laughs> the, the cobra, yeah, and with like a the little... feathers on your head. <laughs> uh, what I'd, age
2: are you at this point?
0: I was probably. 12 12 Amazing.
2: yeah um so you can deal with any environment basically <laughs> you can perform anywhere
0: um you know you the, the, like you was fixated on what the set list was going to be each weekend who was going to get the big numbers he <laughs> was you know i always wanted to do like the the Celine Dion number or Leanne Rimes yes. and um, so i always did that and then i went to, there was a theater school in liverpool um that i i didn't go to the full time school we couldn't afford to go there but i used to go and do lessons there over a weekend and then one day um they were approached by some producers who were putting a band together which was atomic kitten so i went for the audition for that i was still at school i was 15 then and and i got the part in the band so i was in atomic kitten with Kerry Turner and Liz McClanan. Um You were 15? I was 15, yeah. Was, so how is
2: that actually working? So you're at school by day, and
0: then doing that, what's so it, evenings and weekends? Yeah, and- so evenings and weekends, I'd go into the studio. But the girls would tend to record in the day, because they they left school, mm. and I'd go in after school. And then um, we did a few gigs. But then I got a phone call from some producers in London who I'd auditioned for when I was 14, and I'd lied about my age at this audition. You had to be 17. And when I I remember going in, it was at Dan Studios. And they said, you're you're not 17, are you? And I think <laughs> I cried and said, no, I'm 40. <laughs> and they said, look, we, you know, we'll hear you, but we'll have to keep you on file. And it, it transpires, I think that audition was for the band Scooch. Oh, yes. Who represented yeah, the, the UK. Yeah. Wow. Um, but then when I turned 17, they called me and it was Stock Aiken um, who were the producers and they wanted to um, meet me to come down and, and produce me as a solo artist. And so I left Atomic Kitten and started doing the Stock Aiken uh, music. And then I went to see a music lawyer because they asked me to sign a contract and she was the scouser and she was also the manager of Sugar Babes and she convinced me to leave them and go with her again as a solo artist. And then a few months later, Siobhan left the group mm. and she asked me to come to London and meet the girls. And I did an audition. And then uh, two weeks later, I was on CduK. UK. <laughs> so it was just, it's a be it was a real um, strange pathway into the into the industry but it was what i always wanted to do
2: yeah or like don't, yeah you don't that determination of turning up to an audition at 14 when you're supposed to be 17 <laughs> shows me the, way the intent yeah. the ambition there that's that's incredible and what what amazing all those think touchstones are things that everybody's everybody knows you know even like scooch but stock akin <laughs> atomic kitten these are all things it's like that,
0: sliding doors really isn't yeah, it? yeah crazy <laughs>
2: But actually, that is unique, because some people might just get one opportunity with something, but to keep, you know, there's obviously something in the kismet of just like something's going to work out one of these times, just getting the right balance Um, and the right group of people at the right time. And serendipity is such a huge part of what we do, isn't it?
0: Yeah, All those things coming
2: together. And so how old were you then by the time you got to the sugar babes? Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You'd already done so much (laughs) behind (laughs) me. That is crazy. How exciting. I mean, that whole thing, that whole world, that C D UK time, I mean nowadays the pop scene, obviously music is still huge, but we don't have that whole like the TV programmes that used to do on every weekend and all of that. I don't you know, we're lucky we got to experience that, I think. It
0: was so fun, wasn't it? It really
2: was. Um, live telly. Yeah. And they go, she do you okay? Do you remember when it came out the outbreak? break? And you'd be stood there like, I remember one time going on there, I had a single called Get Over You. And I was in my first position with these four dancers, quite nervous. And one of the dancers just suddenly went, oh, I've forgotten how the dance routine goes. And then it was like, <laughs> and
0: over to you, I was
2: like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, so ludicrous and funny. I mean, um, I, mean, I do fun.
0: sometimes think, would I just have the fear? If I was put in that situation now, like, you know, you go, how did I do that? Like I know, but
2: isn't that, that is, I think that fear and thinking things through a different way happens when you get older. Yeah. Like, I get way more nervous or worried about things that I never used to before. Like, I mean, like heights. I, I now got a bit of a, a vertical. I never was, I used to go up on roller coasters and all sorts, and now I'm a bit like, mm. But I just think that creeps in. And when you look back, especially from where you're at now, where for a few years now, you haven't had to put yourself in this really quite terrifying thing where your yeah. senses are so alert, you're so focused. But they don't happen in oblivion. It's not like someone would literally just be like, right, here's the mic, on you go. They'd be like that build-up process. So if yeah. and when you want to return to it, yeah. you'll, you'll get match
0: fit. And it, <laughs> yeah, and sense. I think I think it does come back. It's like there's a part of you that, you know comes alive when, when, when you perform, isn't that, you know, it, yeah. it, it is terrifying. I, re, I remember even with the band, I didn't have, I wouldn't have stage fights, but I'd go out and then say halfway through the gig, I'd go, oh my God, look at all these people. And yeah. I'd be having a little conversation with myself yeah. on stage, like you're in the middle of the set, yeah. in the middle of your tour. Yeah. Get, get a grip. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> You've got to finish the show, but it wouldn't be like, as it was going on, it'd be like in the middle of a performance.
2: I know exactly what you mean. You'd be suddenly like seeing everything in, in real, like, real terms again. Like, oh, yeah. this is really me. This is what's happening right now. Those people are watching me. I've got to finish the song. We've got to keep the show going. Yeah, it's almost like you sort of go hot and cold for a 2nd of <laughs> like, whoa. And then you have to get on with it. Yes, you do.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: I mean, I obviously had a bit of time where I wasn't performing, but it was quite a lot. My eldest is nineteen now, so it's hard for me to remember what that felt like. But how have you experienced it with putting that side of yourself on hold for a little while? In, in what sense? The performing and the the music. Because if you've been doing it since you were Coca, Copacabana World yeah. twelve, <laughs> let me let me dance for you. Like, I, um, that's a long. It's, it's been part of who you are for such a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I listen to music a lot, and I sing around the house all the time mostly disney songs now (laughs) with the kids um but i do miss singing i love singing you know it's Mm -hmm. part of it's part of me um i i think i what what made me miss it more was as my little ones getting older she's starting to get into more and more music and she loved loves little mix and um her godfather got us tickets to take take her to see them at the O2 and he used to uh, how we met how I met him was he was my first dance partner on our first Top of the Pops performance and then he became our choreographer and um but he's he's Aurelia's godfather and anyway that's very lovely yeah and so he we both took her to the O2 to see them and it was quite funny because we were watching them and he was like does it make you want to get up? And I was like, yeah, a little bit. And I was like, does it make you want to get up? Because he, he's not yeah. dancing anymore. And he was like, yeah. And it was that. It, you know, it was that. Oh, I, when I go to shows, you, you kind of want to grab the mic, don't you? To have a go. Um, and also, like, there's a part of me that would love to show here what mummy can do. You know, I'd, I'd like, I'd, well, both of them. I'd like to do stuff where they could see me do things now that would inspire them and make them proud as they get older too.
2: Yeah, and actually we, I think, you know, as you and I and our peers have grown up, we have got that bit now where it's like doing people doing, you know, women doing what they do with their kids and showing them and that sort of next generation feeling and actually women doing really well and really feeling good about themselves in their 40s. I've actually really enjoyed, I know you're about to turn 40 next week, so just as a, you know, indication, I think it's really nice time actually because you do feel... A lot of that kind of um, self doubt has kind of fallen away. Just I feel like a lot more relaxed about things and just enjoying things in a quite selfish way of like, actually, I'm just having a lovely time. Yeah. In a way, I don't think I quite felt as liberated maybe until now. It's just been really lovely.
0: I, f- I feel the same. I'm, I mean, I'm really excited about turning 40. I mean, it's a privilege to, to be alive, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Um, but I think I feel less self conscious. I worry less about what people think of me. I I guess you just focus on the more important things, you know. Yeah. I feel incredibly lucky to have a, a lovely family, touch wood, but all healthy. You know, life life is good. Mm. Um And it, if opportunities come my way now, it is. You know, it's about embracing them mm-hmm. and not panicking and worrying and worrying about if you're a size 8 or a size 14 and you know all the stupid things you worried about when you was younger
2: yeah it kind of falls away doesn't it, yeah. it just doesn't seem actually I don't know about you but I feel I feel a bit more respect for what my body's been capable of now in a way I didn't when I was younger at all just being able to I don't know run about and get done what I need to get done and feel quite sort of strong in myself I don't think I ever thought about myself in those times when I was younger
0: no, I think you're so, so judgmental on yourself when mm. you're when you younger. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's, for me, it's about health, you know. Yes, exactly. Being healthy for my kids and yeah. being here as long as you can to Exactly. for them.
2: Yeah, and I agree with you as well that getting older is a privilege, all of that. Yeah. I, th- I really sort of sees all that. I think that's brilliant. Well, if we could talk a little bit about your, your girl. So did you always want to be a mum?
0: I did, yeah. I mean, I always say that the two things I always want to since I was a little girl was one to be a singer and two to be a mum. So I feel incredibly lucky that I've I've ticked both of those boxes. Um they're my two biggest dreams come true. And uh, and obviously my girls are my you know the thing I'm most proud of.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know. It's it's really like radiating off you. That's that's really lovely. And it, you know, are you from a big family? Have you got
0: uh, no, I'm. I, there's just me and my sister, which is actually okay. really nice. My sister's my best friend, and um, we're still incredibly close. Even when I went to Manchester last week, she came to stay with me for the three days. Oh, really? Oh, that's so we lovely. Got, we got to hang out together, which was really nice. That is nice. Um, so it's it's funny that I've ended up with two girls, yeah. and um, I really hope that they can have the same bond that me and Haley have got.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sure they will. Actually, I think I think that thing of growing up and having a shared childhood is just such a big thing isn't it but I think also I don't know I don't know if your mum or your family did this but my mum kind of imparted to me and my siblings the importance of us keeping in touch yeah she's kind of made it not something we just take for granted we have to be quite active about about it that makes sense yeah
0: (laughs) we we were always told you know you always have your sisters back that's your best friend yeah and that's you know that's how we were raised and that's how I'll raise my girls as mm. well yeah uh, and I'm so pleased that we've got we've got that bond it's you know it's the nicest thing in the world
2: yeah it really is it's really special and I think yeah my mum will like I don't know send a message going like your brother's I don't know doing this today can you just send him a little good luck or something like that so she kind of makes us quickly oh. I hope to do that with my kids as well actually because I think it's quite easy isn't it for people just to kind of let relationships drift but if you're kind of I don't know, it's just definitely been passed on to us that that's not an option. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Yeah, and I I was reading about, um, I think you, I don't know if you put it on your Instagram or did interviews about it, but you were talking about after you had your first baby and you're having a second baby, and you really sadly had a miscarriage during lockdown.
0: Yeah.
2: What was the reaction like for you from talking about that publicly?
0: Um, You know, really positive feedback, like some really lovely messages from from other women who've gone through it. I mean, the the whole reason I decided to to speak about it was, I think, even though my husband was incredibly supportive and, you know, it was his loss too, it's quite a, a lonely thing to go through because it's your body and... No one else really knows what that feels like as you're feeling all those symptoms. And I just found it quite a lonely thing to to go through. So I thought if I can speak about it and someone else can go, oh yeah, you know, I feel like that. And and also when it happened, I spoke to a lot of friends about it and they'd go, oh, that that happened to me too. And there were so many of my friends who've sadly had miscarriages. Um, It's so common and I just think it's, it's a good thing to talk about. It but it can help support anyone.
2: Absolutely, no. I really applaud you for that, Heidi. And I think, I think the the way we handle it in general and the conversations that surround miscarriage have changed massively, even in the time since I had my first baby. Because I feel like now everybody's a lot more open about, as you say, things like the loneliness and how it affects you, and the impact and the sadness and the need to just be tender with yourself at that time. And yeah, I think there was a time when people, I mean, previous generations, definitely, when it was just very much not spoken about, swept under the carpet. And I think, I think all those conversations are so important. And as you say, I mean, so many people go through it. It's something I've experienced loads of my girlfriends. But I think that solidarity and being able to share it that counts for a lot I mean so much about that whole process of I don't know the times when you want to have a baby or when something hasn't gone right or when you're worried about something but particularly when you deal with baby loss I think it can feel really isolating and you can't help but go back over things and was it something I did did I do mm. something wrong and then trying to sort of come to terms with it so I think having chats about it can only be a good thing really
0: yeah. I mean I, I I was lucky enough to have had to really First and falling pregnant with her was very easy, I guess, and really straightforward. So, um, you know, it was a case of ignorance is bliss when when I had it, but then I had two miscarriages between her and Athena, and uh, so I, I was lucky enough to to go look. You've got a healthy child, there. But when, when I had the first miscarriage, it was bizarre because it, it was a thing called a blighted ovum. And so obviously I did a pregnancy test. It was positive. I was getting all the symptoms, um, even on my way to the scan, you know, I was throwing up, I was having cravings, you know, all the classic symptoms. And And I never forget, I went in for the scan and and the sonographer just said, I'm I'm really sorry, but there's no baby there. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you're pregnant, but you're not pregnant. And I it, it just, I'd never heard of it. And I was like, so were you saying like, I've made it up? Or, you know, I, I don't understand. Mm. Um, and it's basically when you do fall pregnant, but the embryo doesn't develop. But that was a really hard And your body thing. just keeps going through you're, the... You're body carries on as though you're pregnant so um the uh the sac continues to grow not the, um is it the sac? i'm forgetting all the specifics uh it wouldn't be the sac the um
2: like your your womb is still growing and everything's the uterus
0: them. grows but the sac is empty um oh, that must have and been so, so body devastating And then people were going, so like a phantom pregnancy? And I was going, it's not a phantom pregnancy because you was pregnant. I don't, I mean, it's quite, I mean, I still had to go in and have the operation for them to remove everything um, because the miscarriage didn't then happen naturally because we were in lockdown with that first one. Mm. And they said, you can just wait for it to naturally happen, but it didn't. So my symptoms continued for the 12 weeks and then... I had to go in for the op, um, but it was hard to get your head round. She was like, "Did I make it up?"
2: <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. And I think also at that time as well, because you're thinking, you're sometimes your brain starts thinking, but I want, I still want to have a baby, and now I have to wait for this to. F- I can't even do anything. I'm sort of stuck in this situation where my body still thinks it's continuing with something your hormones are all over the place
0: yeah I mean and, that must
2: have been and you are reading intense. things
0: on google and you're thinking maybe maybe it just hasn't grown that big yet and yeah. when I go back it will and yeah you know there's a then there's there a still a to, chance yeah. I know but I I've got two lovely gales and I know I'm very lucky because I you know I've got friends who can't can't carry children um So yeah, I, you know, I'm not complaining.
2: (laughs) No, I didn't, I didn't perceive it that way at all. I just think it's, I'm really, I was really impressed with how you spoke about it. And thank you for letting me talk about it with you now, because I think it's just something that's so common. And I think there'll be people who listen and think, oh yes, that's happened to me. And it's reassuring. And I think as you, I think I read a quote from you, he said, as soon as you, get that pregnancy test, your brain can't help you sort of move into a different lane of your life and you picture, okay, there's gonna be this person here by then and this will be happening a year from now. And having to sort of wind that back. Yeah. It's a big deal. And as I said, I've experienced something similar. So I do know that that feeling and it's yeah, it's a very sort of private sadness at the time. But I think talking if it feels right, then it is right, definitely.
0: Sorry you've been through it too. (laughs) Thank you.
2: But like you, I feel really, you know, grateful for the family I have. Yeah. And I think we all know We've always got friends and people have gone through fertility issues. And I grew up with the backdrop of my mum trying very hard to have a baby after my sister. And I say this as you know, she's spoken about it publicly. She ended up going through ten miscarriages oh, no. during my so, teenage years. So I, so I think in my family, I'm quite. That's devastating. Know, I've just exp- I've seen seen fertility fertility mm-hmm. issues in lots of different dimensions. So, yeah, it's something I'm kind of familiar with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but. I'm very happy that you do have your two little girls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So you've spoken about how your husband's been encouraging you to think about the next thing and you want to do something for yourself. Have you got any idea what shape this takes?
0: Um, I'm, I'm open to, to lots of different things. I mean, it's only, I'm only just starting to get my head around it, but there's a few shows that I'd love to do. You've got um, any favourites? Strictly is, oh, yeah, is come my favourite. Yeah. I mean, you've, You've obviously experienced it. I did it. It, yeah. I, I mean, it's just magical, isn't it? Yeah. I, I cry watching it every year. As soon as that opening tune comes on, I get goose pimples. I just, I love the magic of it. Yeah. And I just watch the dancers and I think, I'd love to just have the opportunity to learn those dancers wear, those costumes.
2: I'm pretty sure that would be something you could, be, um, they would probably bite your arm off that uh, you do that, that. That
0: would be my dream show.
2: Actually. I think let me make some calls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and and also I, I I think my little one would get quite excited watching mummy do that.
2: Yeah. Um Oh it's yeah, it's it's like a fantasy world. It's like it's like eating all the sweets you want to eat with no one telling you to stop. It's like everything bejeweled and extra and yeah. the live band and the dancing. It's like, woo! It's like yeah. Willy Wonka.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I could imagine it's terrifying as well.
2: Literally the most terrifying thing I've ever done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah.
2: That'd be I, so that, cool. That would be
0: my dream show, actually. But, you know, I, I'd like to do some more singing. I'd like to do some presenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm quite, I'm just open to to new possibilities and, and doing a few more things for me.
2: And when you think of it, do you feel excited about it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, you know, just, like I say, going away last week and doing a little bit of work on my own. I come alive in a in a different way.
2: Yeah. You know? Um It's like waking up, up to a bit of yourself, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something that's been hibernating a little bit. Yeah.
0: Because I think that
2: early years bit, when they're small... It's so people talk a lot about your kids' personality coming out as they get older, but I always think as a parent, your personality comes out too. And you start working out what kind of mum you want to be and what things are important to your family and which bits you want to try and, you know, exaggerate with them and which bits you're thinking, well, you know, let's try and, you know, what is our family about? What are yeah. our values? But then when they get to three, four, five, it's quite a good time to start thinking as they go back to, you know, start school and all this, like, okay. What Else is out there, it's quite exciting, <laughs> particularly for someone like you that's grown up with it. I think. And how do you think your mum felt about you when you were performing and you're so little? And would you, how would you feel if your girls were doing Copacabana at 12? <laughs>
0: um, I think the Copacabana thing at 12 is now, I think it's a bit odd. <laughs> um, I, I probably wouldn't want the girls doing that.
2: I don't think it's that odd. I grew up with something called mini pops. Have you seen? Did you ever? What that was now? That was weird. That, that's, that was the older, that was in the 80s. They had kids who probably between the ages of about eight and 14, and they'd wear makeup and do whatever the, like, the big songs were of the day, like the little girls with lipstick and things, and they perform them, sometimes like a little bit flirty, but yeah. I was obsessed with it. And then suddenly my parents were like, you're not allowed to watch that anymore. But that was all I wanted to watch was mini pops.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, would fi- I mean, I won't even let my daughter put makeup on. You know, she'll say, oh, mummy, can I, can I try your makeup? I'm like, no you're five no absolutely (laughs) not I want to keep them as young as as possible for as long as possible Mm. because you know you you want them to have their innocence and I don't want to watch and slightly older things um but I I want to, she's, she's got the bug, Aurelia's got the bug. I mean, she. we had this thing at school last week, which, which was called a music pet and zoo, mm-hmm. where they go in and they try all the instruments out um, and then they can take up a lesson next year. And the whole way around, she was like, mummy, I want to do singing. And I was like, yeah, baby, but you know, you could try an instrument and we can sing together at home. No, one to do singing lessons like you, mummy. So she's, yeah. she, she, and every night she comes home from school it's Matilda the musical all night. Nice. She's jumping on the sofa. She's watching herself in the mirror. <laughs> the little one, stands and watching her. So at the moment she's definitely got tendencies to be um following my career path rather than my husband's. Yeah. He he's he's a property developer, so Oh no, come on. Um what we do is way more fun. But I just I just want no them offense, to your do husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want want them to be who they wanna be. Yeah. You know. I'm not gonna try and push her in any direction
2: nah I don't think it works anyway really I think just let them find their own way but I think for my kids I've always said I don't mind if they don't work in music but I just want them to get as much out of it as I do in terms of like an emotional thing like music's always been such a support to me and like you singing around the house is like a really big tonic and it just makes me feel better so I hope they give that I realize while I'm talking to you that actually not that long ago, I interviewed Siobhan from the Sugar Babes. Um So I was thinking it'd probably be quite odd if I didn't ask you how it feels that they're doing their thing again. I mean, she was... Obviously, Siobhan was away from the Sugar Bows when you were doing it. It's like a very strange setup, your <laughs> band, by the way. But a lovely one, but just so funny, the sort of moving parts. But she was saying in that time that, you know, she went off and did her solo thing, but now coming back together, she feels actually a little bit like you were saying, that sort of compassion, because, you know, I think she and Keisha and Mitya had really been through highs and lows when they were working together and the bit where she'd left and all the the sort of dynamic of that. But now as adult women, they'd kind of come back to it and we're actually being really kind with each other and supportive. But I don't know. I I haven't had the experience of seeing a music project I was involved in, then being back on the scene and hearing those songs again. What's it like to see them do stuff?
0: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah. You know, they they were torn and together for many years before they, you know, acquired the name again. They were MKS yeah, and it? they were torn so and crazy. they were doing the songs for a long time. So, you know, I know they've had more success because they've acquired the name again, but they're doing what they've done for years. And mm. and you know, I'm happy for them. It's it's nice that the songs are still out there. Yeah, you know, I'm proud that I was part in the success of the song so oh yeah I wish I wish them well you know
2: no I think it's really lovely because I think obviously I can see from the sort of press angle there's always that thing and they've done this time eternal of trying to make women sort of take bits out of each other but actually I think that there's so much um generosity from all of you about this sort of shared history and all the things that have contributed to where things are at and obviously you got out of it things that you adored but you're in a different place now you want to do something different so it's quite it's sort of like a nice feeling of like yeah I'm at peace with that and for them go and do it
0: absolutely yeah Yeah. there's no there's no hard feelings on on my part um and I've you know I don't know Siobhan I've, I've met her maybe twice and she was lovely she was a really nice girl and I wish them well. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. And well, I'm, and they wish you well. I know because I saw Mitya saying about giving you flowers. I thought, you know, like the metaphorical give you flowers of like everything that you contributed to that. I think it's really lovely. I think it's like, it's sort of like quite, maybe I'm being a bit twee here, but I feel like there's a sort of nice feeling of us all kind of grown. we've all grown up, do you know what I mean? Like... Hopefully. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You would, you would hope we have, wouldn't yeah.
2: you? Yeah. Yeah, but also I think now that we're older and able to talk as well about some of the bits where... It's tricky, or some of the graph that goes in behind the scenes. It's like you know what I mean. It's not like it's um, uh, it's it's all a bit more kind of like the rough and ready of us, all just kind of supporting each other and trying to get done. We all know it's not the easiest job, but we're trying to do the things we can do and find our feet. And yeah. you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, just absolutely.
2: keep every, onwards. Everybody just pushing on. It's like that's if there's momentum, that's a good can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, and and it's also support like you say, supporting other women. Like yeah, I I, I champion women doing well you know yeah um I'm a Gale girl. <laughs> scale So yes. I, I don't want to tear someone down I want to build someone up you know? yeah and
2: also being part of something successful that you were a huge part of in the most successful chapter can only be something that contributes to where you're at now as well actually do you know what I mean yeah the success they're having now is still a shared thing because you're part of their story yeah and part of those songs so it's all about you basically
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: oh well it's been so lovely to talk to you i have to say you've always been so warm and smiley i feel like when i told people i was going to speak to you today there's everybody's very fond of you Heidi. Oh, so it's a nice thing so it's a nice thing to say <laughs> it's true though it's true it's been a joy to hang out with you
0: oh thank and you please me. keep
2: me up to speed with whatever happens next yes. i'm excited to see <laughs> what you do now yeah thank you <laughs> it's exciting Oh, how lovely is Heidi. So nice to spend time with her. And how cool to hear all about the Eurovision jury process. I enjoyed that very much. And uh, I very much hope to see her on Strictly very soon. I think she'd be wonderful on that. Um, if you weren't curious about... Sorry about the music in the background, by the way, Ask Kit. Kit, can you turn it down a tiny bit, darling? Please? Seriously? he's just shrugging at me he just shrugged at me he's 14 thank you turned it down um, yeah The if you want to know this, the status of my Esther application are you curious about that I've done it all I submit it all and I'm now it says it's pending a result within 72 hours so let's just hope that they really mean like five minutes please otherwise it's going to be a little bit of a problem Anyway, um de-stress, I am not worried. I'm sat on a sofa, my little cat Titus, meow, can you hear him purring? Can you hear that? There he is. Oh, yes. Anyway, he's chilling me out. And tonight I get to see the love story of the cowboys, so everything will be all right in the end. Actually, I, th- I seem to remember it's a sad ending, so maybe that's not true. Anyway, wish me luck. I'll tell you what. When I get to Mexico, I'll have earned that margarita. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to Guadalajara, and apparently near where that area, the region, there's a town called Tequila. Get me there. All right, I will love you and leave you. I'll let you know all about how it went when I speak to you next week. And Thank you, as ever, for lending me your ears. It's funny, when this gets published, I hopefully will be... um, the other side of the gig I'm about to do and still uh, still in Mexico but about to come home funny idea won't be here my cat might be where I am but I won't be where I am anyway uh, yeah have a lovely week whatever you're up to and see you soon that's love bye bye adios amigos